Ryder Nation and William Powell bringing the energy, bringing the fight, bringing the fire every game day, every practice. Let's go, Ryder Nation. This is the Piffles Podcast. That is the Johnny McKegg Band. We are your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Alex. I'm Steve. And I'm disappointed that we didn't sing in the sand because I think after last last week's episode, we, we could go on the road. Did you? I'm I'm curious about how many downloads this show will get after we sung last week. So maybe let's hold off on the singing for a, at least a little bit anyway. Let's get some people in listening here. Give us a follow on Twitter at PifflesPod. You can give me a follow at RealAlexD. And you can find me at Safamud. And don't follow me at Greg on Sports. I don't want your pity follows. See, I, I found out that, that was a, that's a big E. It is, it is it's a big E bit. I, I'm a big no fan idea what of, you're talking uh, about. of uh, the uh, biggest of the E's, uh, formerly Langston. Uh, they took away his last name. They stole it. They took his dignity away. But they gave him the belt. They did give him the belt. Actually, it was funny. He was joking around with the because he does these long diatribes about his name and how they stole Langston from him on on their podcast every week, which I recommend. It's a lot of fun. It's not just wrestling. They talk about everything. Um, but he, he's talking about how he was actually going to cash in the uh, briefcase to get his name back. No, well, I guess that worked. <laughs> well, he got his belt. He got the belt, but he didn't, <laughs> didn't get his name back. I'm a little disappointed. He lied to us. And check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast and the website pifflespodcast.com. Piffles Podcast is brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. And we're also a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network, and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Let's get to it, guys. Time for the opening kickoff. <laughs> I still think mine was better. Yeah, I actually, I kind of liked your version better. Um, So this is episode 171, and it's called Everybody Hurts. I I thought we weren't singing. Sometimes. We are nothing if not liars. Okay, well, now I feel like I need to do Losing My Religion if we're doing R.E.M. Or at least Man on the Moon. The the reason why, oh, that song sucks. (laughs) Anyway, the reason why I sung that, we take a look at the Riders roster going into this game against uh, Toronto on Friday. That's that's the theme. Everybody's on the injured list, six-game injured list. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But let's go back to the Banjo Bowl here, guys. Um, banjo Brawl? Yeah, we can, we, we'll talk about let's, – let's start there. Of course, the Riders having Garrett Marino kicked, kicked out of the game and um, – the defensive back Campbell, right? I'm blanking on his name right now. Chris, Christian, yep. right? Yep. Um, they get kicked out, which deservedly so for their slap and little minor punch that they threw. They, you throw a punch, you're going to get kicked out. That's the rule. That's fine. Andrew Harris not getting kicked out, not even like barely getting a penalty. Oh, I, I thought, I thought, Campbell got kicked, ripping I thought it off. Campbell, I thought Campbell got kicked out for, uh, the way he fell and uh, almost broke Andrew Harris's hand with what when his helmet got stuck in it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, you can't, and even 
Marino's punch was more of a slap. It was a slap. It was a slap. Open palm slap. You you shouldn't strike another player. I get it. But that I I found what Harris did. And and it's not because I'm a writer homer by any means, but I thought what Harris did was more egregious than what Marino did. So if you're going to toss Marino, you should toss Harris. But they're not they're not going to toss the poster boy. So yeah, just whatever. My my thoughts on it is the moment you throw out two rider players, you basically have to look at that scrum and go, is there anything here that is ejection worthy? And and kind of not even it up, but you can't have in a in a brawl like that where there wasn't really a ton going on. You can't throw out two guys from one squad and nothing from the other when there are clearly dangerous acts in, involved in that in that scrum. And even Andrew Harris it, on his own, I don't think I don't know if you eject him if that's all that happens. Should they? Yes. By rule, maybe not. But when you've already made the decision to throw out multiple players, and especially when the apparently this was all started by a Winnipeg player. What do you, how, how do you, how does that happen? When was the last time you saw that happen where there was multiple ejections for one team and none for the other? I've seen like, I've seen one and one I've seen two and one. I've never seen two and oh, like that is just, it just mind boggling that they could look at the entire melee and go, yeah, just uh two from one side. The other guys were okay. And I'm like, because even Nick Dembski actually got away with a cheap shot too, and it—I don't know. It's just. And, really and the get... funniest part was Milt Stegall, bomber Homer, spent all of halftime talking about how he should, how Andrew Harris should have been ejected, and how Andrew Harris was shocked that he wasn't ejected. He went ask the like, official if he was supposed to head to the locker room. So that's like got to tell you something. At that point, the ref should just be like, uh, yeah, 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 you should. Whatever you did, yeah, yeah, go. Like, it's, and then, of course, all you see on Twitter was all of the Bomber fans showing, well, what about Micah Johnson throwing that little, you know, obviously, you can't see the, the little punch I'm making Steve, I on like the Zoom call. You, this is an audio medium. <laughs> you were doing hand signals. For, for the folks at home, does not doing. How's this for a hand signal? Uh, <laughs> I would like to point out Whoa. that Steve is telling me that I'm number one. Just so everyone this knows, there's a family something like that. Guys. Jeez, goodness! <laughs> what really gets me about the brawl is the brawl itself. I hate fighting in football because you can go out and knock the guy on his ass the next play. Go out there and absolutely smack him and drill him there. Make it and do it legally and don't hurt your team. Like. I see everybody, oh, if Andrew Harris would have got kicked out, it would have been a different game. No, it wouldn't have. Okay, the Riders were getting their asses kicked that and, game. And Brady Olivier is actually a really good running back too, so it, it, it wouldn't actually have slowed the uh, Bombers down at all. I don't know how that would have made the Riders all of a sudden start scoring points in the second half against, against Winnipeg. I don't know how that would have started the Riders actually scoring a touchdown against Winnipeg for the first time in three games. It just wouldn't have mattered, but... My timeline was absolutely hilarious watching that game because every I was so I streamed the game off of TSN Go. So I'm two minutes behind on Twitter, and all I'm seeing is people go nuts. I'm like, oh my god, what happened? And I saw this. I'm like, really? That was barely a scrum. But I don't know why F- fighting in football just makes me so mad because, like, like in in hockey, I get it because you may not line up against that guy again for another 20, 30 minutes, if at all, the game, right? But football, the very next play, the next time you guys are out. 
on defense, you're going to see the same guys in the same exact spots. Go out and pow, hit them there. Like, do that. Like, throwing punches. And Kate Bearness said it best on the panel. Why are you punching somebody with a helmet? Like, you're going to break your hand doing that. That's stupid. So, I, I, the whole thing was stupid. I get it. The riders were frustrated because the trenches were just terrible for the second straight game against Winnipeg. They got dominated. And I get it, frustration, but just there was no reason for that. And I think, like, I don't mind shoving, pushing and shoving after and whatnot and, and being into it. But to start throwing punches, that's when, that's when Craig Dickinson has to step in and be like, guys, calm down. The, the old, the old Reg, Reg Dunlop, but Gallimere there, get a stick in their teeth. But yeah, like, I, yeah, I don't understand fighting in football either. Who cares? Like, yeah, literally, they don't, it's not like they drop gloves or take off helmets like they do in hockey. They just throw punches at each other's heads. Like, there's a helmet there, idiot. Like, quit trying to break your own hand. I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know what it is about. Uh, are the bombers good? Yes. But the riders' offensive woes, they got to figure them out soon, or else this is going to be a long back half of the season. Well, let, let's get into the team getting shut out in the second half again. That's two straight games, Labor Day and Bangible. The Riders did not get one point against the Bombers' defense. Richie Hall has been phenomenal as defensive coordinator for the Blue Bombers. Like, this is clearly the class of the CFL right now, as much as I hate to say that about the Bombers, but nobody can touch them right now. They're the, clearly the best team. And if you can't score a single point, the CFL if you're not getting one of John Ryan's patented rouges then like there's a problem there and I mean great in the playoffs you only have to you know show up once uh, to beat a team that's favored kind of thing but like they they haven't figured it out you go back to 2019 okay in the Banjo Bowl they got one meaningless touchdown in that game they scored once in the Labor Day game that year you go to the playoff game they didn't score a touchdown that whole game that's three straight games. The Riders have not scored a touchdown against this Bombers defense, and that's unacceptable. And yeah, okay, last season, 2019, that was with Stephen McAdoo. So, okay, that doesn't really surprise me with that offense. But there should you should not be going through three games against the same opponent, the exact same defense, and not scoring a touchdown in the CFL. That's just terrible. So something needs to be done about this offense. I know we talked about it. Shaq Evans is missing, so they're missing their deep threat, and it really limits what they do, and I get that. But, man, that's embarrassing. God damn it, Alex. You're going to make me you're, you're going to make me do it. I'm going to have to defend Stephen McAdoo. Oh, my God. Uh, apparently, if you do live long enough, you will become the villain. I'm sorry. So, I have to ask, how are you going to defend Stephen McAdoo and go? Okay. It's... McAdoo's offense, as much as we like to crap all over it, and we should in certain situations, as proven by the Western final. The fact that we can't score in the Bombers, unfortunately, has nothing to do with McAdoo. We can score on anyone else. McAdoo's offense was the highest-powered offense in the CFL, as proven by what Cody did. But it's something against uh, Richie Hall that we just can't do. And and I I love Richie Hall, so that's good, but I hate the fact that we have to go against him. Like, I wish he was still in Saskatchewan. So, unfortunately, I don't think it's McAdoo. I think it's Richie Hall. Like, our offense cannot just do anything against Winnipeg. All right, well, let's go to uh, 
the slightly late, do we even call it that? The hit on Cody Fajardo anyway, um, where he knocked his head on the, on the turf and gave him a minor concussion. Now, I've never gotten a concussion, but to me, just there, there's no such thing as a minor concussion. If you have one, you have one. I've had three. And they're, they're, they, they do vary, I will, I will admit. Because if you have one you don't remember, that's a big one. My first concussion, yeah. I don't remember it. I had to be told about it when I got my second concussion. But then you're susceptible. If you have one, you're susceptible to having more, easy, easier, right? Yeah. So that's just, that's the nature of it. So with only six games or six days in between games, are they rushing Cody Fajardo back against Toronto here? Like, I know he passed all the protocol and everything, but would you maybe hold off and let Harker Mania run wild for, for a game? Brother. <laughs> I mean, I I'm like Greg, I've, I've suffered multiple concussions. I, I not quite, I don't think I've quite doubled you, but I'm closer than I want to admit to that. Um, and they do get easier. It's, it's not a good thing to, to rush a guy back. And you mentioned the hit was late. I don't think it was so much. It was late, but it was a, the very definition of a spear. Like he went head first into, into Cody's chest like helmet down straight in and how that wasn't called. And we can't fly or uh, call it challenge because they didn't call pass interference at the end of the first half. So, I mean, don't get me started on the refing. And they still uh, got like, that wrong. They still got that pass right? wrong. Especially after that brawl. How do you not, after ejecting two riders, how do you not make that your makeup call when it's clear as day pass interference? Oh, I I like to point out I the officials could, also missed a giant roughing the kicker call in the previous game. Different 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 uh, squad altogether, but the this, the officiating's been terrible this year. I am sorry, it is all been, across yeah. the league. It's been garbage, and we kind of joked about it last week about how like every single play in the Battle of Alberta on Labor Day that had a flag, and that didn't stop. <laughs> like the very first play of Calgary Edmonton last week had a penalty. And it's like, oh my God, here we go again. Like, really? Like, they're they're calling everything that's so ticky tacky. No, let them play. Just pretend it's a pre or postseason game. If it's actually a penalty, then then call it. But if it's like one of those chintzy ones, you're like, yeah, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. No, just don't call it. Like the the officiating's been god awful this year. And honestly, the, these games have been bad because of it. They've been bad enough because offenses aren't scoring. And it's just not a great product right now. And we can talk about that in a little bit. Mike from the Podski Weeby podcast had a had a tweet about that. But just terrible, terrible. What's, what's been worse though, the officiating or the kicking? Because the kicking's been absolutely brutal this year too. Like I like Belton Johnson. I, he 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 and I joke all the time. The kickers aren't people. I, mainly because he says that because he's an offensive lineman, and I just do it just because I know it makes him laugh. But. Like they they have been absolutely brutal this year. I have never seen so many missed kicks in one season. And like we're we're a few weeks in. Like it's been brutal. All right. Well, that's enough about the the Badger Bowl. Let's get over that. So obviously the Riders three and two going into this game against Toronto. We'll talk about that Toronto game in just a little bit. Um, AC Leonard. <laughs> so. After we recorded last week, the news came out he was suspended for two games for refusing to take a, a drug test. 
So that tells me one thing, he's guilty. Okay, you know what? You, at least Andrew Harris, as weird as that whole thing with him was in 2019, yeah, he took it. He had, I kind of admitted to it, but didn't. Still waiting for those lab results. But anyway, like, Worst you know what? Ever, you, know, you know, they got busy with COVID, I guess. I don't know, a lot of lab Maybe. tests. Yeah, but you know what? That, te- that tells me one thing. If you refuse to take the test, you're guilty. So you might as well just take the stupid test and don't tell me that you couldn't pee. Like, come on, man. How much water these guys take in? Like, and how much time he was spending with the the drug test officer after? Like, come on. That's well, such a no, garbage no. response. In defense, just... I'm going to play devil's advocate. Claire Hanna, who played UBC volleyball uh, from CTV, she actually admitted she played with a, with a girl. And they got randomly drug tested, too. And the girl also had stage fright, for lack of a better term. And it took her over an hour, if not longer. To provide a sample and that that does happen but if he flat out if he flat out refused and depending on the news that came out today what happened maybe he did or maybe he just was just a giant jerk i have no idea well and they know what goes on in this thing this this, this isn't the first time he's ever been tested like it's nothing new to him they know that these guys these drug officers are right beside them the entire time and they're there for as long as it takes unless they literally say i refuse to do it and if they do that, they're they're still supposed to say, you know, if you refuse to do it, that's a two game suspension, right? Like, are you accepting that? And so clearly he did. But now with the news, like you mentioned, coming out that he verbally abused this guy and had really terrible behavior, whatever that was. He, he, he Ryan Brondom? Did he Ryan Brondom? He got suspended for a third game. So my question to you guys, what do you do with AC Leonard now? Do you cut him? Because I've seen a lot of people just say, you know what, just to hell with this. This guy clearly isn't a team player. Get rid of him. Daryl Davis was actually uh, uh, pushing out the cut him last week after he refused, after he didn't uh, provide a sample. <sighs> yes. And then, 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 then I saw today Rob really, was Steve? Qu- quoting the code of conduct that the riders have out there. And then my counterpoint is, well, they hired Chris Jones after the code of conduct came in. So who cares? That code of conduct hasn't been, you know, who brought that in Eric Tillman of all people that shouldn't have a, I know should be allowed to bring in a code of conduct. Yeah. It's and Eric, ladies, exhi- ladies and gentlemen, exhibit a, like that code of conduct has meant nothing in years. It's there. It looks nice, but they don't it, follow it. it. It doesn't mean a thing. The code of conduct was in and we signed Khalif Mitchell. And if it wasn't for the frigging uh, <laughs> out, outcry because of it, like that's like, and it was funny when they signed Khalif, they're like, what about this code of conduct? Well, everyone deserves a second chance. Well, not, no, there's certain things you do that you do not deserve a second chance. Didn't we also sign that, uh, the defensive end out of the States? Why can't I remember his name played for the no, Cowboys? No, he tri- he, they tried signing Greg. Uh, he wanted to sign Greg Hardy and Greg Hardy. Right. Thank here. you. Uh, thank Well, you know, he, he used to be taking pictures of guns and sending them to his ex-wife. <laughs> I guess the contract didn't get Yikes. through. <laughs> like, oh. Actually, I, I will admit I don't en- I don't enjoy watching someone get beat up as much as I watch it, like watching Greg Hardy get knocked the f out. But <sighs> you guys got me in a mood today. Thanks. <laughs> have a, but th- th- that, settle that down. Have a quick beer. Yeah. I am. Thank so, you. One so great. Or so Steve, you already said you, you would cut him. Absolutely. Why? You know what? I don't cut him for the suspension. For the for the two game drug suspension, although that would have put me on the edge, not for failing a drug test, but for trying to hide it. I think that that says enough about the guy. Either a 
you don't care enough to sit around and wait to, to take a leak if you are clean or B, you, you can't, aren't man enough to accept that, hey, I got, I'm about to get caught. When, this is, when the, the punishment's the same and it counts as a failed test anyways, so the next one counts as double regardless, there is no, there's no reason not to stick it out. But then to turn around and berate the, the guy just doing his job, to me, that's, that's beyond unacceptable. That's, that should not be allowed to stand. And I, 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 don't, uh, I don't think that, uh, I, I think they should cut him. I just, based on that, based more on how he treated the, the CFL employee than anything else. See, I don't know if I'd actually go so far to actually cut him. I think, I mean, maybe I would if he isn't willing to issue an apology as BS as that apology might be, but just man up to everything. Like if, you know what, if you took PEDs or whatever you took, then fine. Honestly, truthfully, I don't care. Let these guys all do it. Remember how great baseball was in the late nineties with the home runs and Sosa and McGuire. Oh my God, let them choose. Who cares? They're the ones wrecking their bodies, but like personal choice, whatever. If you want to do it, do it. I don't care. But when you're berating guys who have a job that you know have the job of often having to literally follow you around until you take a piss, then, I mean, come on, man. Like, you know better than this. So I, I feel there's something more to this whole thing. And it's weird how this didn't come out until today on Thursday that he did this. So my theory on that is obviously, so the 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 drug testing officer would have had to tell the CFL they would have had to do their own investigation into it. And that's why we didn't hear about it until now. But also we heard Craig Dickinson say last week that, ah, it's nothing major. He should be able to play. Oh, well, if it's nothing major, like clearly he, this guy made a scene, clearly it is major. So Craig Dickinson's either doesn't know what's going on with his own player or is covering it up. So this whole thing is absolutely just a mess. I wouldn't cut him and as selfish as, as this is, it's because of his play on the field. He was fantastic through the first few games. And in sports, if you're good at what you do, that's going to buy you another chance. It's not even just sports, though. Let, let, let's face it. We all know people that are absolutely pieces of trash in real life, but are very good at their jobs. <laughs> yeah, I put my hand down there. <laughs> <laughs> but... But still, uh, like people hate working around them. People hate being near near them. But because they're the good at what they do, they still get paid. It's just sports. Unfortunately, you're in a fishbowl. So, like Charles Barkley said, I'm not a role model. Just because I can put a uh, ball through a hoop doesn't make it doesn't mean I should raise your kids. We we need we need to start separating these guys as human beings to being heroes. They're just guys who do something that are really well that we enjoy watching. And maybe that's all it should be. That said, I'm going to, I'm going to ride uh, Andrew Harris till, till the day he retires. Well, that's because it's when a petty, right? When a petty, when a petty yep. blocker. Did they, did they block you again? No, I'm sure I'm muted. <laughs> they, they, they made that scene about unblocking me so i'm sure they shut that off and then uh, me. well there's the opening kickoff presented by kathy festion of royal page regina realty let's jump to our churchill brewing company's odds and end zones where we go around the cfl i want to start with montreal and the alouettes against bc 
Kahari Jones, who's double vaccinated, tested positive for COVID, and and he is out. He's at home for 10 days, has to has to isolate. This Saturday against BC will not be on the sidelines. But he did hint that, yeah, maybe I'll be able to coach from from home. So they might have a Zoom or or something where he's uh, calling plays and whatnot. I'm really curious to see how that. I want the Sheldon works. robot from uh, Big Bang Theory. Just just Kahari on like an iPad on like a robot on the sideline with that like a shirt hanging off of it, like an Alouette shirt, just just patrolling the sidelines. That's what I want. Yeah, that that show's been canceled for a while. They can bring that robot out. Honestly, with I, as stupid as it sounds, the fan control league has proven that you do not need to be in in the stadium to coach a team. Oh, that was bad football. But <laughs> what you're, you're saying when they let fans control the plays that are going to be called, it's going to be bad football. Well, everything is a uh, everything's a uh, hail mary. Everything, but God. First, they let fans do podcasts, and they let them call football. What else are they going to let us well, do? They also Jeez. let them pick the uniforms. And I may say, as the uh, resident logo snob, those things were friggin' horrible. <laughs> um, the Edmonton Elks, Trevor Harris, six-game injured list, has a neck injury that he got and uh, didn't get any better for him. So he's out, and I don't have his name in front. Was it Cornelius? Yeah, it was definitely Cornelius. Because all I could think of was Cornflakes, Cornelius the Rooster. Or you, I guess you oh. Corn Cornelius from uh, uh, from um, Rudolph. Well. <laughs> and this Elks team that just had gave up what seven sacks to Calgary, five to one guy, or four to to the one guy, whatever it was, going up against Winnipeg. Oh my God! I know we're not getting to our picks yet, but I know who I'm picking in that yeah, one. That's like, an that easy might, one. That was, just it was an easy. It was an easy one before Harris was out. Jackson Jeffco might actually kill a man. So I don't, maybe that's a good thing for the riders with them losing back-to-back games is, is now with Calgary seemingly coming on a little bit with Bo Levi Mitchell starting and, and winning their last game and BC winning a few games in a row here, they're tied with the riders. So maybe obviously you'd never like to see a guy injured, but this could be a good thing for the riders, at least in the playoff push here that we have so slightly good news for a really terrible reason literally the cfl is winnipeg at the top red blacks at the bottom and then random order in the middle like it is the cfl is going to be wild coming to playoffs this year because i have no idea who's going to end up where the way things are going right now and hashtag once a rider always a rider david watford getting his uh start for for hamilton this week as well too for the tie cats against Calgary. That might be an easy pick as well. Cause Hamilton hasn't really looked that good with either of their guys. They've looked better with Dane Evans, but yikes. I, I didn't hate Watford though. Like what the Watford, the few plays he did get in, he didn't look out of place. Yeah. He did a lot of short yards during the regular season, but in preseason, he actually looked like he'd throw the ball around. But, but that said, yeah, I, I don't, have high hopes for that game. Um, they're also because they're also missing uh, Banks. Banks is out. Yeah. So I I don't know what they're going to do. Well, I mentioned that's against the Stamps. I want to bring this up from uh, from last week. The Stamps throwing it up uh, nine points with uh, twenty seconds remaining, scoring a touchdown against Edmonton. 
now when that happened, everyone's like, whoa, that's, you know, bad sportsmanship, which, hey, if you don't want them to score, don't then stop them, them, right? Yeah, I'm, like, I'm with you on that one, yeah. Right? It's professional sports. This isn't Little League here. But they only played each other twice this, this year, so point differential was a big thing. So Edmonton won the Labor Day game by, what was it, 12 points? So with that touchdown to Kamar Jordan, that gave Calgary the season series and that could end up being a, the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs in the West Division. So, hey, you know what? Huffnagel, good call. That's great coaching, or Dave Dickinson as well. Like, that's great coaching in the moment just to to do that, to have the, the wherewithal to know that, hey, if we win by this amount of points, we have the season series. So I saw a whole bunch of people getting on Calgary for that. And nope, that's a great move. Honestly, I don't... I- I don't care about, I don't even care about point differential. If I think teams should score as much as they want, like, like why, why, why? Like, it's not sportsmanship at that point. It's, it's pity. I'm sorry. It's, it's professional sports. It's not everyone gets a medal. Guys, bonuses, guys, bonuses are based on what they score. So, and playing time and all that, all that stuff. So at that point, you're messing with a guy's paycheck. If you were going to then just tell them to hang back, like it's pro sports, score as many points as you can when you can. It's really dirty agreeing with Greg. I, I don't like it. I don't enjoy it, but I'm going to do it. Everyone would be old... better off if they just started agreeing with me and listening to me. That's all. No, the world, the world would suck. <laughs> no, the world would be much better. It. it to me, if you what's the old saying? You don't want me to score, then stop me. Simple as that. Keep going. And especially fans in the stands are there for entertainment. Put points on the board. Keep going until the clock strikes zero. You never know, especially in the CFL. I don't care if there's three seconds left. That's time enough for six touchdowns some days. Obviously not, but you know. CFL. You know who's, you know who's a big fan of all of the above? And who is back in the CFL? Chris Jones. We haven't even talked about that yet. Chris Jones leaving South Pittsburgh, Tennessee high school after dream job. He he was vomited all over himself by quitting. One game is how long he lasted. Now, granted, they had uh, three games canceled due to COVID concerns and outbreak on the team and then whatever else down, down there. So they were supposed to have four games in only one was actually played. They won by like 30 points. Um, but Chris Jones ditching out on the kids coming back to the CFL, going to Toronto to be the defensive coordinator and assistant head coach and whatever else he's going to do. Defensive oh, he's back got coach. at least eight titles. He has to. That's, that's, that's how he makes his money. Hey, Ryan Dinwiddie, they, Chris Jones doesn't go anywhere to just be a positional coach. He is coming for your job. So if the, anything happens to Toronto, Ryan Dinwiddie's gone and Chris Jones is their head coach. I, for one, am glad this guy's back in the league. We need a villain. And everyone, unless he's on your team, and even if he is, people hate Chris Jones, but the guy is so damn good at what he does that, of course, like it's a no-brainer for him to, to come back. Obviously, it's more money, and everyone gets on him. Well, he's not loyal to anything. Nobody's loyal to anything anymore. Stop it. This is a business. Well, no, it's pro well, sports. It's, no, it, lo- lo- loyalty is garbage. Don't get me wrong. But at this point, if you hire Chris Jones, you need to understand. It doesn't matter if you give him a million-year contract. He is getting out of it in at least two years. He does not stay more than three. 
Like this is this is what this is what you get when you sign Chris Jones. It's a rental, not a buy. But your team is going to be better because of it. In some ways, we had some really bad teams, and some of those were directly related to Chris Jones and his crappy drafting. This team was a three-win team when he took over. He took them to within one play of the Grey Cup, and he put the whole team together that was there for 2019 that ended up finishing 13 and five and their first first place finish in 10 years. You're not wrong there, but we also had, some, like I said, we had some crappy teams, and he did some terrible drafting. Like I, he, he, I, he got, yeah, he got lucky on, on one of them, but like his dra- his draft history was terrible. I'm sorry. J.O. is it's one thing to coach. He should, never should have been GM. I mean, I mean, look at his his touted number one draft pick, who is now our sixth our sixth O lineman on a team full of guys who've never played football before. Like, hey, how many players from that draft are still playing, and how many are with their team that drafted them? Okay, you know what? The number one is so. Shut it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is this what his okay. third trip? Sorry. Back? Yeah, he left yeah. and had to come back. But if it wasn't for him, that was it. That's the only one. Everyone else washed out. Oh, is Kevin Francis still around? We we got him in the eighth round. I think he came back too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, those are the I only mean, two. One and eight. Everyone else on the end that draft is not around anymore. And you honestly said it when you when you sign Chris Jones to your squad, you better already have the next guy lined up. He is gone before he gets there. And Toronto has to know that. But Toronto's playing for this year. Look at what they did in free agency. They signed everybody because they are playing for 2021. They don't give a damn about 2022 and beyond. They are playing for this year first. So why don't you, if, especially knowing that they lost multiple head coaches or multiple, their two coaches to uh, their unwillingness to get their, their vaccine, why would you not go out and get arguably the best defensive mind in the CFL? Smart move by them. And he's coming back here. Of course he is to, to start his CFL career again. Uh, is he actually going to be at these? Games? I don't think he is. Not, not, not this week. He's still making decisions, whether we whether we know it or not. He's oh, going to be. Are we like going to get Kahari. the Chris Jones robot? Can we get the Chris Jones robot? <laughs> All he's going to be like Kahari with the uh, the Zoom call. Hundred percent, he's going to be involved in that defense on uh, on tomorrow night or tonight uh, when you're listening to this. I can't wait. I love Chris Jones. I, I like him back in the league. So this league is better with Chris Jones. And I say that as a sports radio producer, he just keep, he's the gift that keeps on giving. He gives us content for days. So I'm, I'm all for Chris Jones being here. Well, let's uh, do, uh, you know what? Let's skip our Piffles memories running a little bit short on time here. Um, we'll get to, we were going to do the West final 2010 against Calgary. We'll do that next week, but um Let's get to talking about this upcoming game against the Argos in our enemy preview. It's the lights out game. So there's that. And that's it. But I, I still don't understand how that's a theme. I mean, it's more of a theme than some of them. What I would love for them to do, and I know it's not going to happen, is them, and I hate to say this because I hate the black jerseys, if they came out in black jerseys yes. through the tunnel. Yes, no. do that. No. And I hate no. them. I do. I hate them. But if you're going to do it and you want to make it special, surprise the crap out of everybody and just drop a jersey. No one thought, thought it was going to. That'd be fantastic. 
I can't right, stress well, this enough. No black jerseys. And I hate ever. Them. I hate them. I hate them. I've been on the record several times on how much I hate those black jerseys. Never. But if you want to make it special and you want to make this night, if you want to make it this theme stick, that's the way you do it. No, bring create a one-time use like neon jersey, like the Seahawks color rush. If you want to go with the lights out and then you get the bright neon jerseys, that could be fun. Black jerseys are dumb. As much as he's right, I'm still not going to agree with Steve. I also think putting a big giant foam cheese helmet on your head is dumb, but hey, here we are. As, as I look at a you know, Packers cheese, cheese head on my wall over there. <laughs> so the injury list, and that's why I sung at the beginning of this of the show, everybody hurts sometimes because you look at this Riders roster and it is starting to get decimated by injury already without their biggest playmaker with Shaq Evans. Cody Fajardo is coming into this game with a concussion. So there is concern there. Obviously going to start this game, but Jordan Williams Lambert on the six game injured list. And they're still not bringing Paul McRoberts onto the roster. I don't know what the hell happened with him, but he must've gotten the doghouse somehow because Ricardo Lewis sucked and they still put him out there instead of Paul McRoberts. But anyway, that's another discussion. Mike Adam has a dislocated wrist. He's on the six-game list. Garrett Marino has a torn MCL, so he's out at least six games. That's probably a six- to eight-week injury. Like this, And these are big-time playmakers on the defense. Ed Ganey's out again for this week. He's close, but still not going to play. They are getting Lucez Purifoy back in the secondary, but this is especially on defense, a team that's getting decimated by injuries. It's going to be a long six weeks. Like the, the primary injuries are the receiving core and our, uh, and our defense, like our secondary and one of the guys who's been a stud on that defensive line. And we also got Micah Johnson banged up as well. So you're losing Marino and you got uh, Michael Johnson on one leg, like the middle of that defensive line. And then you also got uh, AC Leonard who does want who has trouble peeing. So he's out for a bit. Like crap. (laughs) Our our defense is definitely something to to keep an eye on for the next few weeks. And it's not going to be pretty, you know, we're going up against Arbuckle this week, at least. It's it's not one of, one of the big name quarterbacks. You're not going up against a Mike Riley, a Bo Levi Mitchell, but Arbuckle is a decent quarterback with a good arm. I I worry about what he could do with with any amount of time back there, and he's going to get a lot of it. Well, and his uh, first start was here at Mosaic Stadium with the Calgary Stampeders, and what was it, 37 to 10? Like it wasn't even close. They just blew us out. So that was our Arbuckle's already familiar with you know, a hostile place like Mosaic Stadium. And that was with against a rival. So this would be just like a home game for him. Like this would be <laughs> a walk in the park considering there's no rivalry between the Riders and the Argos. But, oh, I, I don't know what to make of this game. I really don't. So, but it's just too many injuries and they're going to start catching up. And, and especially, I mean, they signed Jeremy Clark back, defensive back. He was with the team in training camp but he's probably got to pass the COVID protocols. We're not going to see him this week, obviously. 
and that might be a next week thing if Ed Ganey can't go again next week. But these are big-time guys on defense that they're missing, and it's going to catch up to them. And we already saw the blueprint on Labor Day to beat the Riders was put out there by the Bombers, and then they just went out and did it again last week and absolutely destroyed this team. So I have a lot of doubts going into this game. But anyway, sticking with the team itself, Cody Fajardo or Isaac Harker. In this one game against Toronto, keep in mind it's not a division opponent, with Cody's concussion and six days in between games, would you guys go with Cody or would you go with Isaac Harker? If, if Cody's been cleared to play, you play Cody. 100%. I'm worrying about gambling the future by putting him in this game. I really am. I would, see, I'd probably go with Harkomania, brother. See, and I, I get what Steve says, and I, I agree to a point. He's your starter for a reason. And if he says he's good to go, then, and he's cleared all the protocols, then yes, you play him. If it was any other injury other than a concussion, I would probably agree with you 100%. But because it is a concussion, it's one of those things where I feel like if you say you're okay, wait one more week and make sure of it. Because next week against BC, that's a much more important game than this week against Toronto. Because BC might be the team that you're facing for third place or second place. Six six days is too quick to turn around on a concussion in my mind. Like even if he, even if he does pass the protocol, I think an extra week wouldn't hurt. And, and I wouldn't I wouldn't hate to have uh, Paxton Lynch on the. I was going to say the exact same thing. I wouldn't mind seeing Paxton Lynch throw the ball a few times too. No, I'm not saying he would he should ever start by any means. But if I were to hold Cody out of this one game and put him on the one game list, start Harker and have maybe a certain package in for for Paxton Lynch just to get him some reps and see what he can do not saying that they should split reps by any means, but you know what I mean, right? Like just have a, have him in for a series or two and, and see what he can do. Get him some live fire, see what he can do. Like I, he, yeah. He didn't even get a preseason game. Like just try it out. Yeah. And he was like, he was the best quarterback in training camp for the most part that I've heard of. Like he's, I mean, coming in as a first round NFL quarterback, right? Like he's got the pedigree there. So I just feel like with this game, because it's against Toronto and with what you have coming up, next you have bc next week and six of their next seven games are on the road like i want to make sure cody's ready for that like because that's that's way more important than this one to me i i just saw something i never thought i'd or heard something i never thought i'd hear a broncos fan calling for paxton lynch to play football again I, have I you feel seen like the Denver, have you seen the Denver broncos quarterbacks the last few years valid point it couldn't get much worse. Although Teddy Two Gloves looking uh, looking all right after week one in the NFL <laughs> got us a win. So there we go. Um, losing back-to-back games, not scoring a touchdown. Here, here's something as well, too. The Riders started three for three for drives against BC to start the season with touchdowns. Since those three drives, they have four touchdown drives in their last 60 set, 64, I think, possessions. This team has not scored points. Nope. It has not. They just haven't been able to get the offense going enough to put the ball in the end zone. So I have concerns about the offense there. 
guys with with that in there two straight losses without scoring in the second half of either game and this and only having two more home games after this and six of your next seven on the road is this a must win game for the riders it's a must score game like they they don't need to win it it'd be better if they did but they need to show this offense can actually move the ball and put points on the board because if not there's going to be a ton of questions going into the uh, into the later part of this season. I, I don't think we're quite at must-win territory yet. But if you don't win, the next few are absolutely must-wins. You, you starting 3-0 and and then sitting at 3-3 three and three, six weeks in, not a good look. They, and this is, this is a team they need to beat. They need to win their East games. You can't, you can't give up... Uh, any any wins in the standings to the to teams out east? When I because uh, I said what ten wins this year, I basically had them sweeping the east. I think I had one loss against the Tie Cats, and then sweeping the east. But I also had them splitting with the Bombers, so uh, they need to make up a game. Well, Must, they did. They they beat Hamilton. <laughs> Must win, no, but I'm super close to that. Like it's they, oof. If they don't win again, that's three straight losses after starting the season looking pretty good. And then who knows what else happens if BC wins and then they're all of a sudden a game ahead of you and then you're playing in BC next week. Which is never an easy be, game to win. And you could be looking at fourth place all of a sudden if Calgary gets a couple wins. So that's it's 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 borderline must win. So they gotta show up. They gotta show up. Hopefully, the lights out and the crowd energy from that will uh, will give them the spark that they need to to get going. So, with that said, let's get to our CFL pick'em this week. Um, and as every week, this is where you come to listen on where to not put your money and uh, pick the absolute opposite of us, and you'll do just well. And I would bet my mortgage on not picking our way. So. <laughs> Let's start. Hey, we went we went three for four last week. We made eight dollars. Hey, look at us. There you go. Again, of course, doing it for charity, of course. So let's uh hope that we're right. But if you're if you're betting your own money, don't don't pick ours. Don't don't follow what we do. <laughs> yeah. So Calgary with Bo Levi Mitchell again starting at Hamilton with David Watford starting. I said Hamilton. Calgary. Yeah, I got to say Calgary as well. We'll jump to the Ryder game last. We'll skip that one right now. We'll go to the Saturday games, the double headers. BC at Montreal. Again, like I said, Montreal without Kahari Jones on the sidelines. Western teams have a hard time playing in Montreal. That's why I got to take Montreal. Even if, even if we don't get Kahari Robot, I still think Montreal is going to win. I really, really want Robot Kahari. I, I want I want it so bad now. Like I I put it in the universe. <laughs> TSN better make it happen. I I gotta agree with you. It, teams don't often win in, in Montreal. The the St. Catherine Street curse uh hold holds no prisoners. I, I'm going B or going Montreal. 
I hear what you guys are saying. And typically I agree. I have this weird feeling that it's going to be just an overall bad week for the riders and almost everything that could go against them will go against them. So for that reason, I reluctantly saying BC. Winnipeg at Edmonton, Trevor Harris on the six game list for the Elks. I think we're all in agreement on this one. And we probably Edmonton. were before that uh yeah it's uh gonna be a winnipeg probably by 40 oh it's it's gonna be a route i'd just like to point out we were not in agreement of this this morning i picked i picked montreal or montreal i i picked edmonton to begin with yes you did i'm not picking them anymore when it winnipeg yeah. by multiple touchdowns Yes, to explain how the sausages made, these two made their picks, and then I had to decide because they <laughs> they actually picked the opposite of everybody, and then I had to make the decision for all of us. So if the if, if there's a loser here, it's me because I picked all every everyone. Yes, yeah, so um, I am took our money there. If you if you took our advice there, Cappy, um, blame Greg. Yeah, this this one's all my fault because I split the vote on every single one of these. <laughs> Except for this one now, because we're all all in agreement that yeah. uh, Edmonton is a tire fire. And finally, the Ryder game, Argos at Riders. I'm King Homer. You've, you've stolen my mantle. Mm-hmm. But I'm still picking the Riders. I can't pick against them two weeks in a row. Last week felt dirty. I want to pick them. I really do. I just have so many concerns about this defense and Cody Fajardo and this lack of scoring that this amazing Jason Moss offense has. They just can't score, and I don't know how to explain it. And (laughs) I really want to pick Saskatchewan, but guys, I got to go with Toronto. I just feel like it's been a bad week off the field. It's going to be a bad week on the field. I've seen this team too many years to know any better so unfortunately i am picking the argos in this one but i've been terrible throughout all this season taking picks so hopefully that should be the uh the thing that we need for the riders to win is me picking against them here's the thing that's only been right this year that anyone has ever gotten right and that includes us and the cfl experts riders uh Take Ottawa to lose, take Winnipeg to win, and you're usually right. Usually. I'm excited to see how Ottawa manages to lose this week. (laughs) They would find a way to lose a bye week. They got a new quarterback, though. Yeah, Duck Hodges, Devlin Hodges, former uh, Pittsburgh Steeler, who uh, actually spent his bye week with the Steelers coming up to Saskatchewan to duck hunt in 2020. I, uh, Matt Nichols, uh, I hope he's renting and he didn't buy because I don't see him there much longer. His arm is not right. He is not good there. And it's Dom all that Davis, ink. The ink is weighing it down. And Dom and Dom Davis, as athletic as he is, as strong of an arm as he is, doesn't have it in between the ears, at least not yet when it comes to being a pro CFL quarterback. Michael Bishop 2.0. Like all, Kinda, all, all, yeah. all, the, all the talent in the world. He just can't seem to put it together. Yeah. So they got to do something there in Ottawa, and it starts at quarterback, I guess, with uh, Duck Hodges. We'll see how long it takes for him to become a starter. I I bet you he starts at least one or two games this season, later in the year. I I put it within three weeks. 
and that I'm not soon, kidding. That's he really. They're not going to get any worse. That's they might. careful. <laughs> they they cannot be any worse than they are right now. I'm sorry. They they are going to throw him out there as soon as they can. Wow. I don't I don't think Greg's wrong. I I don't know if three weeks, but we'll see him start a game in October. So three weeks. Yeah, it gives him five. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for us this week. One here second. On Piffles- I, oh, yeah. I, I, you, I got you to pimp something. wanted to talk about something. I want to, I want to pimp something. Yes, go ahead. Uh, I know what this is. Saskatchewan football fans. I think one, one or two listen to this podcast. Although after our singing last week, we might have screwed it. The Mosaic Stadium, the uh, Saturday night, the Hilltops are coming down to play the Regina Thunder. The game ended with no time on the clock on a 51-yard field goal by Eric Maximowicz. For the Regina Thunder, who are now three and zero, and cost the Hilltops, and I, I'm actually enjoying this this part of this, cost the Hilltops their first loss in four and a half years. Like Hilltops are good, Thunder are always good. Hilltops have always been better because Sarge puts a, a, together a great team, and that's probably the nicest thing I'm going to say about the Hilltops for the re- remainder of this show. But so yeah, game time uh, is. I, if I was better, I would actually would have looked this up. I believe it's seven o'clock. Either way, uh, t- uh, check out all Thunder social media for tickets. It's going to be awesome. It's uh, the only game the Thunder play at Mosaic this year because of how many fans come down from Saskatoon. Um, it is going to be a bloodbath. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's just got- The Thunder and the Hilltops, if they were in any other division, would meet in the Cannibal every year. They, uh, they absolutely just like just go hard at it. And the Cannibal has been won by Saskatchewan, a Saskatchewan team for the last decade. So the, the only blemish on the Hilltops record is the year the Thunder won it. That should be uh, one hell of a game. We talked to Sarge on the, as you guys know, I'm the producer of the Green Zone. And uh, we talked to Sarge on the show. And man, that guy, just even just listening to him, you can tell that he's a good coach just by listening to him. And he has that Hilltops team just rolling every single year, year in, year out. They're always the team to beat. But the Thunder, like you said, 16-13, the defense came out to play. They moved the ball when they had to at the end of the game. A huge 51-yard field goal, which in uh, in junior football, like, that's almost Matt, unheard Maximuk of. Maximowick is probably one of the best young kickers I've ever seen. Like, he he can punt the ball, too. He's got a leg, a leg like a cannon. And, and he didn't just barely make that kick over the bar like he had seven eight yards on it he he probably could have made one over 55 like that like when someone because i didn't go i was supposed to go that game and i ended up i ended up staying in regina and when someone said oh yeah he it was actually a hilltops uh former hilltops players like yeah he just squeaked it over the bar then i saw the video and i'm like he had like another eight yards on it like maximum is probably going to get a look by a cf if he doesn't get a look by a cfl team it's ridiculous like as a kicker, he's got the leg, and he's obviously a Canadian kid, so he he checks all the boxes. But well, that should be a hell of a rematch on Saturday, Thunder and, and it's, it's it's, it's going to get dirty. If you thought the banjo bra- brawl was interesting, I I think this one's going to get chippy. Uh, a couple of Hilltops fans apparently rushed the uh, Thunder bus, is what I've been told. So uh, it should be fun in the stands too. All right. Well, if you can check that out, if you're in Regina, 
That's going to do it for uh, us. Tickets are 20 bucks. I, I do know that. Very reasonable. Very reasonable. So there's the, there's the Piffles podcast this week. Make sure you uh, give us a follow on Twitter and Facebook and all the applicable websites as well, too. Like there's more than one. Uh, but Piffles Podcast is brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Special thanks as well to Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty and Churchill Brewing Company for their support making this show possible. As we leave you, maybe we won't sing this time. We'll let the we'll let Tyler Tyler Gilbert do it. This is Ghost Behind Your Mind. The ghost behind your-